This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Don't you understand? It doesn't have to be like this. You have to help. It's gotten out of control. It's too big. It is time to launch a new war against the evil of lies, deceit, and darkness and go all out to win the victory of truth and transparency and light. Sure, go ahead. Believe everything you see on television, everything you read in the newspaper. Go ahead. Get your history out of the Encyclopedia Britannica. Yeah, that's right. Oswald killed Kennedy. Yeah, sure he did. Man, you are living in Disneyland. Live from Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. A truth, transparency, and light. Those are three pretty good words. I think I'll put that on a t-shirt or a bumper sticker or just up on the wall here to remind uh, me what uh, what we're trying to do on this program. Uh, welcome, friends, uh, to the uh, broadcast for Sunday, May 22nd, uh, 2011. A little bit later in the program, we're going to open up the phones. I do so enjoy uh, the, the open line uh, segments, and um, I, I want to do more of that. You, me, and the telephone uh, sometime after midnight, probably around 12.30. Once all the kitties are, bed, uh, are put to bed and the cat's put out and uh, uh, you're ready to hunker down and uh, get to business and discuss what's ever on your mind, keeping in mind, however, we talk conspiracies, paranormal, supernatural, unexplained, uh, this, that, and everything, uh, alternative science, energy, archaeology, medicine, what have you. That's coming up at 12.30. At uh, 11.30, in just about half an hour from now, we'll uh, speak with an independent investigator in the field of directed energy, psychotronic, neurological, and mind control weapons. He's one of the best in the field. He is Dr. Robert Duncan. And uh, we'll discuss his latest book, Project Soul Catcher, Secrets of Cyber and Cybernetic Warfare Revealed. And uh, he's also working on another one, Mind Control Technologies, The Physics and Philosophy of Cybernetics. You'll remember uh, several uh, weeks, maybe a month, a month and a half ago, we had that spate of television reporters seem to be having a brain meltdown on the air, which led some to suspect perhaps uh, they were being meddled with, uh, perhaps the victims of uh, some sort of CIA microwave mind control experiment. We'll get Dr. Robert Duncan to weigh in on that. And coming up next, uh, Jerome Corsi from WorldNet Daily, investigative journalist, New York Times bestselling author. Uh, his, his new book uh, just released, Where's the Birth Certificate? The Case That Barack Obama Is Not Eligible to Be President. He's going to lay that case out uh, for you uh, right after this. And uh, we'll hope you'll be back with us on the other side. My name is Richard Serrett. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show on AM740. The truth will set you free, but first... It'll really tick you off. 
You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Exploring theories, uncovering facts, and offering a different view of the universe. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. To speak to Richard live, call 416-360-0740 or toll free in Ontario, 1-866-740-4740. The result of three years of exhaustive research, Where's the Birth Certificate, establishes the case not only that Barack Obama isn't legally qualified to be president, but that aided by his media co-conspirators, he has conducted one of the most audacious cover-ups ever perpetrated at the highest level of American politics. Joining me on the line is the author of Where's the Birth Certificate, perennial New York Times bestseller, Jerome Corsi. Hello, Jerome. Welcome back to The Conspiracy Show. Uh, Richard, it's great to be with you. Thank you. Uh, before we uh, we get into the, the, the case that you present, uh, the case that Barack Obama is not eligible to be president, uh, give me the latest. Um, uh, now, I'm, I'm hearing that... Esquire magazine has published this story that the book was actually uh, pulled from the shelves, recalled by the publisher, the publisher being WorldNet Daily, whom you work for. Uh, what, what, what's going on there? Well, you're right. I mean, Esquire ran the story yesterday saying that um, the book was full of lies and Joseph Farah had decided that the birth certificate had been released so there was no need for the book anymore. And he pulled it from the shelves and was giving refunds and was going to take the first 200,000 copies and reduce them to pulp. Well, it's all a lie. It was not true. Uh, Esquire did it to attempt to destroy the book, to attempt to put out misinformation and to confuse people in the initial days of marketing when people are going to the stores, tell them, don't bother to go to the stores. The book doesn't exist anymore. And uh, then... I mean, we started getting calls immediately from uh, Wall Street Journal and other news sources saying, is this true? And, of course, it wasn't true. And within about, you know, an hour, Esquire puts a notice saying, oh, this is just an, a satire. Well, it really wasn't very funny. And um, I think Joseph Harris is planning now to sue Esquire. I think there'll be major complications for Esquire over pulling this stunt. But it was it's another indication of just how damaging the information in this book is to the Obama administration. So supporters of the Obama administration, whether encouraged by the White House or not, uh, have taken steps like this. I thought the Esquire uh, move was a clear attempt to destroy and harm the book in its early hours and stages of publication. Uh, Since... Barack Obama released whatever it is he released, and we'll discuss that in a moment, uh, back in early May. What are the latest polls saying uh, regarding Americans' view as to whether Barack Obama is eligible? Has that changed at all? Well, I think it managed to convince a certain percentage of people, but there's still nearly half the people that are not definitely sure Obama was born in the United States. And I think that's because, you know, the the way the White House released this, it, it was clear to me 
the White House was trying to block and prevent my book from being published, trying to you know make it not necessary. Well, we released the birth certificate. You want to find the birth certificate? It's right here. You don't need a book saying, where's the birth certificate? That should be obvious. I mean, all those have been the attacks we've been receiving since the book came out. Now, if you um, look at it, I maintain and continue to maintain that what the White House released is a fraudulent document. And I think we're, we're very close to being able to show the composite birth certificates from which this fake was created. I think it's going to be, again, very damaging to the White House when it becomes publicly known that, in fact, it is a fraudulent document. That, I think, is going to be uh, something that the White House, um, you know, White House right now has got an advantage in saying public relations, well, you don't need to buy this book because the birth certificate has already been released. But when it becomes clear that the released birth certificate is fraudulent, the White House has got some major complicated problems because it's a, it's a crime to fraudulently create a public document like a birth certificate. Now, this that he this document that Barack Obama released uh, is, from what I understand, a photograph of a copy or something off. Uh, uh, it's not the original, correct? He didn't it's produce not the an original. original. No, and that you know, first of all, what they released was a a scan, supposedly, of the birth certificate in a logbook. Now, there's several problems. Uh, it's, it became electronic. So you can easily manipulate this document in Adobe or other software. And you can see the layers, and more than even seeing the layers, you can see the manipulation of the information, the cutting, the pasting, the, um, you know, the, the changes that were made to create the birth certificate. And uh, I would say, and in fact I've asked, uh, this is not the best evidence of the document. It, they weren't electronic copies Nothing was made electronically in 1961. Um, the best evidence would be the document itself. So if this were a court, the court would demand to see the original document, would demand that the original document be subjected to independent forensic examination to see if it really was a 1961 document that had not been altered. The Jerome White House has done that. Jerome Corsi is with us, the author of Where's the Birth Certificate? The Case that Barack Obama is Not Eligible to be President uh, here on The Conspiracy Show, AM 740. Now, what is confusing to me, uh, Jerome, is uh, I believe it was the governor of Hawaii uh, who said quite some time ago that that document doesn't exist, the long form. And now they're able to produce it. How did they explain that away? They haven't. I I think the decision was made to forge the document right after Governor Abercrombie couldn't find it. Mike Evans, remember the celebrity radio journalist, came on and said he talked to Abercrombie, and Abercrombie said it didn't exist, the long-form birth certificate. And then, of course, they all changed that and said, no, 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 Abercrombie was wrong. and You know, Evans was wrong. He didn't talk to the governor. He just called the office. Well, I think the truth was being told then, and the document didn't exist. But the White House decided that the pressure was coming too much. Our public was beginning to demand, and the book was going to come out. And they couldn't take the hit of the book. They had to destroy this book. You know, I, I published Unfit for Command. I went after John Kerry. I published a book that had been very successful against Barack Obama, which is called The Abomination. 
I think the White House felt that they had to destroy this book, and they began to, at that point, uh, manufacture the birth certificate, created fraudulently. I got called from my sources three weeks before the birth certificate was released by the White House, and I was tipped off that the birth certificate had been forged, had been inserted into the book in the Department of Health. Uh, someone even read it to us. They, we knew what was on it, that it was going to name Kapilani Hospital and name a doctor. We knew all that because somebody actually went into the vault room in the Department of Health and looked at it, read it, called us up and told us it was there and told us what it said. And then three weeks later, uh, the document was produced by the White House and it was exactly like I had been told it would be. What is the other problem with the document? Uh, There is another problem, I'm told, with the document, and that is the designation of the father's race. Can you explain that? Well, that, again, is problematic, and it was on the short form as well. I mean, the father's race is listed as African. Now, Hawaii, in 1955, uh, Charles Bennett was the uh, Registrar General. He was trying to move Hawaii to be compliant with U.S. Census standards on birth and death records. Now, from the U.S. Census point of view, using African as a race is problematic because you know Africa is a continent. Not everybody in Africa is Negro. You'll be born. South Africans have you know you say African is a race. Well, what about South Africa? In you know 1961, there were a lot of white South Africans. They couldn't list African as race. African is a geographical designation. Uh, and that it would be allowed to be put down as a race is suspect. Uh, also, by the way, Barack Obama Sr. listed his age wrong. He listed 25. He was actually 27 years old. Why did he list his age wrong? That, that's the problem as well. well with the, 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 the designation of race, according to all uh, government census uh, data, etc., that would have been either uh, checked off as he w- uh, would have been listed as a Negro or black, correct? Correct, Negro or black, and most likely Negro in that era. And Were there, that, w- w- was there analysis of the keystrokes? Uh, I'm, I'm told that um, some, of, some of the keystrokes... Yeah. Would 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 not have been produced. Could not have been produced by a typewriter. It would have have to have been an electronic uh, keyboard. Uh, some of the letters show kerning. Kerning is uh, the uh, to make the letters easy to read. Uh, an electronic computer typewriter will put the letters close together, like Y and T. They'll close in the space. Uh, and uh, of course, a Manual typewriter can't do that because a manual typewriter doesn't know what's coming next. Uh, a computer program does know what's coming next. It can make the adjustments in the letters, so it's variable spacing between letters. And the kerning evident in this document, the variable spacing between letters, strongly suggests it was done on a computer with a computer data processing or word processing program. That's a problem. Jerome, when you were in, you were in Kenya, uh, tell me about your investigation there uh, to try and uncover uh, whether, in fact, uh, th- there were records of his birth in um, Mombasa. Well, of course, I was um, deported from Kenya um, because we've been asking questions and we we're going to give a press conference, but I had been spending 10 days there. We were deported on the last day we were there, the day we were going to give the press conference. I've maintained contact with Kenya have very good sources, and um, we've been sent and have government documents which indicate, see, the grandmother 
Sarah has been saying for years that Barack Obama was she was present at his birth in in Mombasa in Kenya. She said that many times, and the government of Kenya has taken her seriously. The government of Kenya, since 2007, has conducted an investigation into Obama's birth records, and I have on government stationery the conclusion the government of Kenya concluded that birth records from 1961 have been tampered systematically with an intent to remove Obama's birth records and to disguise the fact they'd ever been there. Now, that means not, ran, not random at tampering, but tampering with a criminal intent to remove Obama's birth record. And that's pretty strong evidence of Obama, at least the government of Kenya thought and suspected he was born there, and maybe he was. The government of Kenya can't prove it because they couldn't find the birth record. But they really strongly suspected those records were destroyed, that they were there once. This is, an, this is a formal Kenyan investigation? Yes. I have the intelligence documents. I've got about 35 documents. The, the Kenyan Intelligence Service, along with the Immigration Department, conducted a massive investigation into birth records, looking for Obama's birth records. And they concluded, as I've told you, there was criminal, criminal tampering. And it was aimed at covering up Obama's records. Now, that's... Very strong. Uh, the final conclusive letter was written from the head of the Department of Ministry to the criminal division asking for a criminal investigation to be begun. Jerome, one of the, the unfortunate things about this d debate, and, and I, I just, I wonder, you know, where are the IF Stones, the great investigative journalists out there? I mean, you certainly have conducted uh, and done your due diligence and conducted a three-year investigation. Uh, but what I'm seeing uh, is the, the fourth estate essentially rolling over uh, and acquiescing. Uh, and, and um, you know, back in the days of, of Watergate, uh, Woodward and Bernstein were, were, were lauded by their, their colleagues for, you know, uh, w when the White House denied, 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 something was going wrong. They kept pushing. They kept investigating like raccoons going through the, the garbage cans. Uh, today, if I bring this up with my colleagues, you're laughed. I'm laughed out of the room. What's, what's going on? Well, you know, first of all, we've developed a, 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 a kind of like a prom de press. They support the government, especially when the government is democratic and the president is Obama. Uh, the press is loving Obama and it's not doing its job. It won't question Obama. So you've got a defense of Obama going on. And, um, you know, if this were the Watergate era, the way it would go, Water Bernstein and Woodward would ask Richard Nixon for an interview. They'd come over to the White House and say, now, Mr. Nixon, were you involved in Watergate? And Richard Nixon would say, oh, oh no, boys, absolutely not. It had nothing to do with it. And Bernstein and Woodward would say, well, uh, thanks for letting us know, Mr. President. We had to ask. We apologize. We'll report that the case is closed. And that's how it's going. Um, the American public doesn't trust government officials. American public is highly skeptical that this birth certificate President Obama released uh, on on April April twenty seventh was legitimate. But yet the mainstream media, you know, has a double standard. Uh, as I point out in the book, the first fifteen exhibits in the central section with 125 exhibits, um, when John McCain 
was the subject of the investigation. And early on in 2008, the Democrats and the mainstream media launched an extensive campaign uh, against McCain. McCain was born in the Canal Zone. So here, you know, I've got Exhibit 5, the Wall Street Journal. Does McCain have a birth problem? That's February 28th. And you've got Washington Post and ABC News. Uh, you've got all these different reports in here from the mainstream media questioning whether McCain was a natural-born citizen. And when the Democrats were doing it, the mainstream media went along against the Republican, just like the you know, mainstream media went along with Bernstein and Woodward against Richard Nixon. Uh, what's happened is then McCain submitted his birth credentials to Congress. And Congress decided that because McCain had two U.S. citizens as his parents, and because the Constitution, you know, founding fathers never meant to exempt someone who was born out of the country because the parents were serving the U.S. government in the military defending the nation. McCain was a natural-born citizen. Uh, Obama co-sponsored that resolution. But yet Obama did not have two parents who were U.S. citizens when he was born. His father was a citizen of Kenya, so Obama was a dual citizen of the Commonwealth of Great Britain and the United States when he was born. Obama did not submit himself to similar examination by Congress of his birth credentials, and nobody forced him to. So you've got a double standard in the country. If it's going to be Obama and the Democrats, the mainstream media will attack me for investigating him. That's the reality. Jerome Corsi, author of Where's the Birth Certificate? The Case that Barack Obama is Not Eligible to be President. Uh, so, I mean, I'm guessing that as far as the White House is concerned, this is case closed and they, they will not ever respond to another question. They'll just say, we've already dealt with it. Let's move on. Uh, is, that, is that pretty much what you're getting? I think so. But, of course, if it starts coming out and becoming clear that the document is forged, and if I can identify uh, the people who may have participated or participated one way or the other in doing the forgery, uh, then it's going to be very hard for the White House to stay above the fray. Because at some point or other, uh, increasing percentages of the American public are going to begin to believe that the uh, White House was involved in creating these forged birth certificate documents and I think, I still believe the American public will demand justice, even though the mainstream media will poo-poo the issue and the White House will try to stay above it and not answer. What was Donald Trump's role in this? I mean, I, I, I happen to, to like him. He's brash and he's confident and he's a can-do kind of guy. But let's face it, I mean, primarily he's always uh, donated to uh, sort of the, uh, Democratic uh, causes and so forth. I certainly don't see him as a, as a Republican. Was he used, was he recruited uh, by the well, Obama administration? Donald Trump called me many times and talked to me. I told Joseph Fair I didn't trust him. Uh, the... They, we, we gave a copy of the manuscript before publication to Trump. He signed a non-disclosure agreement, but I had no assurance it didn't go immediately to the White House. That may have been one of the intents and purposes of Trump coming forward. Uh, Mike Cohen, one of Trump's right-hand men, uh, is very close to Chuck Schumer. Chuck is, Chuck, you know, Obama, Obama can count on Trump and has been able to. The Democrats have gotten a lot of contributions from, from Donald Trump. So I thought from the beginning the strategy was that Trump would go forward and make the issue a big deal, knowing that the White House was going to release a birth certificate. And then when it was released, Trump would say, 
okay, that settles it for me. And when he dropped out, the American people would say, well, it must be over. Now, I asked Trump why he didn't demand, uh, like I am, verification of the document. And Trump basically had no good answer for that, except that he was, you know, felt the issue was over. And so then Trump comes along and he gets a, you know, a $60 million contract from GE uh, through NBC, owned by GE. And uh, if Trump shows up, like I suspect he will, bidding for the contracts in casinos in Chicago, where Rahm Emanuel is now mayor, or bidding to build more tall buildings in Chicago, I think we'll see that Trump was from the beginning a setup and part of the plan to make the issue go away, first endorsing it and supporting it, then letting the bottom fall out of it. And that, I think, was Trump's role, the, the role he played well. Uh, but I don't trust for a minute that Donald Trump was really on our side. No, I, I agree with you. I mean, obviously, Barack Obama couldn't release uh, the birth certificate and say, I'm doing this because Jerome Corsi is writing a book. So he had right. to have uh, an excuse, and Donald Trump provided that. Precisely. What and other I documents the, out there? Especially uh, when the setup was, I think, from the beginning, that once Trump dropped out, that would severely damage the issue. I think that was the plan. And the idea was that, you know, a setup was in place, uh, except that we, we kept our distance. We didn't entirely believe that Trump was really on our side. And um, I think the ploy largely worked. The American people I, were taken in and fooled. I agree. I agree. Unfortunately, it did work. What are the other uh, um, missing pieces of the current occupant of the White House's uh, past. Uh, talk to me a little bit about his, uh, uh, his attempts to uh, legally block any attempt to, to get at his, uh, his school records. Right. Well, any you know, time, various suits have come forward to get records from school. We don't even have his kindergarten record. We don't have records to know whether he applied in these schools as a foreign student, or if he got tuition aid as a foreign exchange student, those records, or none of those records are available. And when you, when you ask for them, or, you know, to file Freedom of Information Act or other requests, of course, he's living, you're not going to get the documents. Uh, and, and Barack Obama just refuses to release them. We don't have travel records. We don't know how many countries Barack Obama's been in. Uh, we don't know, with Barack Obama, in terms of his passport records, whether he had a U.S. or an Indonesian passport to go to Pakistan. Uh, none of these questions are ever answered. They're all stonewalled. And, in fact, you've got to wonder why the birth certificate, if this long-form birth certificate existed, why wasn't it released three years ago? I mean, why did we have to go through all this nonsense about the short-form certificate of live birth that it was the only thing available, the only thing Hawaii would issue, uh, nothing else was there, and then suddenly this appears. Uh, it makes it look as if it were only created recently, which I think is the case. Is this unprecedented in terms of uh, 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 presidents, sitting presidents, yes. um, hiding or preventing access to things like school records, travel records, or is this uh, not unusual? No, it's, it's unprecedented. Um, you know, most candidates for presidents and presidents release their grades, they release their health records, they release almost every part of their background. 
this is exceptional for Barack Obama to remain undocumented. I mean, a major point, while the book's called Where's the Birth Certificate, one of the major themes of the book is the American people really don't know who this man is sitting in the Oval Office. We don't have a complete... The dreams for my father is filled with fabrications, half-truths. Now, Barack Obama's mother didn't stay and live in Honolulu with Daddy until Daddy went to graduate work at, at Harvard. Within three weeks of the birth of the baby, Ann Dunham left altogether Honolulu and went to Seattle where she enrolled at the University of Washington in Seattle. As I said, I've got the transcripts here I'm in all of these 125 exhibits. I show Ann Dunham's uh, trans transcript of the school, uh, the courses that she took. Uh, the exhibits begin on page, uh, let's see, page 197, when I, actually 196. I've got the course catalog. The courses were taught at night on the university. I've got the apartment where she lived and had an apartment in this house. Um, Ann Dunham did not return to Honolulu until after Barack Obama Sr. left. I can't find that they ever had a marriage license or got had a ceremony. Um, as far as I can tell, they never lived together a day as man and wife. Barack Obama Sr. always had his own apartment over by the university on 11th Avenue. The address of the birth records followed in the newspapers, the address of the grandparents. And Ann Dunham left and went to Seattle. So they weren't together. You know, Abercrombie says he saw them. Others said they saw the Obamas together as a family. Well, he, he'd have had to have flown to Seattle, and Barack Obama Sr. was never in Seattle, as far as I can tell. Are you going to so, make, uh, make sure that this becomes, a, uh, or do your best to make sure this becomes a campaign issue uh, um, when Obama runs again absolutely. in 2012? Absolutely, if in fact it doesn't uh, become an issue sooner. I mean, I think if the, it can be proved the document's fraudulent, it could become an issue right now. Well, Jerome, uh, I wish you luck with that, and I thank you for your time. Again, uh, the book is Where's the Birth Certificate? The Case that Barack Obama is Not Eligible to be President, published by World Net Daily. Thank you, Jerome. Thank you very much. Great pleasure to be with you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And when we come back, Hacking the Human Mind. The author of Project Soul Catcher Volume 2, Secrets of Cyber and Cybernetic Warfare Revealed, Robert Duncan and the Mind Hacking Strategy Group. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. My name is Richard Serrett. Take a look around. What do you really see? This is where you can tell all about it. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Keeping an eye on the new world order, this is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM740. To speak with Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll-free... 1-866-740-4740. Dr. Robert Duncan holds multiple degrees from Harvard University and Dartmouth College, amongst others. Basically, he has 
probably had the most expensive American education money can buy. He's an investigator, an author. He's worked as a business and information technology consultant to the Fortune 500. He's worked for companies like Oracle Corporation, BEA Systems, HP, BBN, and is a professor at a college. For the Department of Defense, he's written the Artificial Intelligence Code to track the Soviet nuclear submarine fleet with passive and active acoustical arrays. And he's even been to a couple of secret Navy underground bases in Europe. And we should tell, tell you that his uh, latest book is Project Soul Catcher, Volume 2, Secrets of Cyber and Cybernetic Warfare Revealed. Robert Duncan, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me on. How did you get into this into this uh, whole field of, of, of researching uh, neurological cybernetic mind control? Yeah, that's uh, an interesting topic. I had uh, researched uh, a project for DARPA on controlling robots with a human mind, so non-invasive uh, sensing of brain signals, deciphering the brain signals, and uh, controlling robots. Uh, and I, I, during this research, I came across a lot of literature as if I, I wasn't the first to, to uh, study this field, that uh, there was quite a bit of research going on, and there were many Americans saying that they were under mind control. And I started to uh, uh, interview them, and uh, I gathered a lot of data, and uh, I, I found that their claims were very true, that there is a technology being used uh, on a wide scale that controls uh, the human mind hypnotically and subliminally, um, or overtly even. Um, and uh, I worked uh, with a group called the Mind Hacking Strategy Group, which were a bunch of uh, insiders, scientists, that they don't want their names revealed but they would uh, help me with my research and data and allow me to publish uh, a lot of their work. And that's what you'll find in this book, Project Soul Catcher. Um, would you so trace, the, the, sorry, sorry, Robert, would you trace the, the, the genesis of what is currently happening, uh, let's say, in the U.S., back to... The, uh, the 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 Nazis and and uh, their uh, really I, I guess more of a very crude form of mind, mind control when they were sort of inducing a, a dissociative disorder through mass trauma is but is that where it all began? Uh, you can trace the roots back to the Nazis, Project Paperclip, uh, the uh, United States uh, split up. Uh, with the Russians, the scientists that came out of uh, Nazi Germany, and uh, half of them were rocket scientists, the other half were mind scientists. Um, but uh, this battle for the mind has been occurring even before uh, World War II, uh, but the technologies that seem to have come out of Nazi Germany are what really prompted the development of the, truly the most impressive and sophisticated weapon of our time. It's far more complex than the atomic bomb. Anyone can purify uranium or plutonium, but 
this this is uh, this is the deal. If you can control the minds of the people who control the weapons, well, you're one step ahead of them. And uh, again, just sort of continuing along with the evolution uh, of various mind control uh, programs, uh, whether it's MK Ultra, uh, the, the use of talk to me about uh, the, the 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 use of uh, of drugs, uh, LSD. I mean, we're we're familiar, of course, with the work of Dr. Ewan Cameron at Allen Memorial Hospital up here in Montreal, where 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 probably uh, a postpartum. Uh, depressed women uh, were were subjected to well, they had their minds erased with massive doses of LSD, all under uh, the guise of a CIA, a CIA program. Uh, but but talk to me more about the use of drugs early on. Uh, yeah, initially uh, the CIA was experimenting with drugs uh, to be used on the battlefield. Uh, if you could spray LSD over a battlefield, you would disrupt the cognitive abilities of the enemy and you know this has turned into uh intense study in the, in all of the uh, military academies called cognitive warfare and uh the drugs such as scopolamine um the they're they were used as truth-telling drugs but also to uh try to reprogram human beings turn one agent into a double agent if you could capture them uh there were there were several reasons why why they did it and you referred to the montreal experiments uh and yeah those were horrible uh, basically women who came in with mild depression had their minds completely erased and that's the true definition of brainwashing they used drugs electroshock therapy and various torture methods really uh, and uh, they had to learn to be potty trained again and to talk again. Uh, they and these were funded by the CIA, and this is just what they've been caught doing. Uh, you, uh, Hillary Clinton recently set up a bioethics uh, committee that I gave testimony to not too long ago, and uh, she was horrified that. We had purposely infected 1,500 uh, Guatemalans with syphilis to see the progression of the disease. Um, and so she wanted to know, is this, are other things going on uh, right now that uh, are not being monitored properly by Congress? And so she set up this bioethics committee that is now taking an interest in these mind control claims of trying to create Manchurian candidates um, and uh, remote control soldiers and just doing other sort of experiments with human beings. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the drugs initially were one stage of mind control, but uh, it's moved to far more sophisticated methods. Certainly, and we'll get into um, uh, you know hacking of the human mind and uh, uh, you know neurological uh, uh, weaponry. But when was what happened? Uh, I mean, it's one thing for um, uh, an intelligence group to develop these these programs uh, uh, to uh, to target the enemy or or the enemy combatant soldiers. Uh, or enemy uh, intelligence gatherers, uh, but but what happened in America 
uh, or here in Canada, for, for that matter, because they certainly must, um, knew what the CIA was doing at Allen Memorial and McGill University back in the 50s. But what happened to the culture that they decided it was okay to target their own civilians? Well, you, you have to really look at the history of the United States and of any country. Uh, we have a you know, new category called enemy combatants, which takes away all constitutional rights. And how do you get labeled that? I don't know. Um, but uh, we've always tried to control the population. And that's true of any country. The Russians do it. The Chinese do it. We do it through propaganda, um, television. Um, so controlling the population, uh, trying to you remember the 70s and uh, the people who were... Uh, outspoken uh, against the Vietnam War and were protesting, often got beaten and shot by cops. And uh, so controlling one's own population of your government is, has always been an objective. Uh, so I don't think anything went awry. It's just nothing changed. <laughs> All right, uh, uh, Robert, stay with us. We'll take a timeout, come back, and uh, we'll continue to talk about uh, the history of MK Ultra, uh, whether, in fact... Uh, of course, we had the um, CIA d- director at the time, I believe it was Stansfield Turner, back in the late 70s before a Senate hearing saying, no, we've discontinued MK, <clears throat> we've discontinued MK Ultra." but did they really? We'll find out about uh, that and uh, also uh, get into some of the details revealed in uh, Robert's new book, Soul Catcher. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show. Get on board with questions and comments at 416 416- Three six zero zero seven forty and toll free from out of town Thunder Bay to the Carolinas, Maine to Minnesota, eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Curiosity, or did the devil make you do it? Whatever the reason, welcome back to the Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zuma Radio, AM seven forty. To talk to Richard, call four one six three six zero zero seven forty or toll free in Ontario at 1-866-740-4740. Passcodes, personal identification numbers, social insurance numbers. If they make you wonder how private they are, here's two more numbers. 416-360-0740. Or toll-free in Ontario, 1-866-740-4740. Project Soul Catcher, Secrets of Cyber and Cybernetic Warfare Revealed. Dr. Robert Duncan is with us. Uh, so did the CIA uh, discontinue or mothball MKUltra back in the late 70s? No, it, it underwent several project names. So in, the, in a sense, they weren't lying that particular program, they just cancel it and then they start up another program. Uh, Some of the more recent names are uh, Sleeping Beauty. Uh, They use a lot of Disney themes, uh, The Seven Doors. Um, But a good book to read is uh, Project Bluebird. And it's... uh, Dr. Colin Ross. Yeah, Colin Ross. And he uh, details a lot of the the various projects, MK Delta, MK Search. Uh, so 
by saying they canceled it, they didn't really. They just have changed the names uh, and their new projects, and they've been continuing it. I mean, it's, it's the ultimate frontier. It's the ultimate weapon. Uh, they aren't going to give it up uh, at all. And let's see, while I was, uh, while we were on break, I just pulled up an email, and let me read it to you. The Rolling Stones uh, article reports the U.S. Army officers assigned to information operations cell alleged they were directed by the commanders to help them secretly manipulate the U.S. lawmakers without their knowledge and plant ideas inside their heads. So they provide more U.S. troops to Afghanistan. And this is... Uh, with a technology called silent sound that subliminally influences human thought and emotion. Um, and uh, that was deployed in Operation Desert Storm quite successfully, according to the article. And, uh, and this is a quote from one of the whistleblowers. My job in PSYOPs is to play with people's heads, to get the enemy to behave the way we want them to behave says Lieutenant Colonel Michael Holmes, the leader of the Information Operations Unit, who received an official reprimand after bucking orders. I'm prohibited from doing that to our own people. When you ask me to try to use these skills on senators and congressmen, you're crossing a line. So, and this is the, the, the real danger of these technologies, that there's, one, a lot of people don't believe they exist. They have to have a demonstration before they believe it. And, uh, two, they're being used on, uh, our own citizens, on our lawmakers. I mean, that, that takes away democracy completely. There's no point of democracy if you have puppet masters influencing the very thought processes and opinions of people. Well, how do they, I mean, they're not necessarily using the old crude methods of, uh, um, um, you know, mass trauma and, 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 and uh, compartmentalizing the human brain through, uh, you know, ritualistic drug or sex abuse. Uh, we knew that went on in the past. But what are the, the, mod- the modalities being used presently for hacking the human mind? Okay, well, they, all the, they're increasing... All, all the research they did, uh, and you mentioned trauma-based uh, brainwashing, they still use that, uh, but it's become far more sophisticated. And there's a weakness in the human nervous system, the bio, a biosignaling uh, signal weakness, I call it, because uh, certain frequencies at, at a certain intensity of electromagnetic energy can influence nerve cells. And in fact, there was a warning by the government that children under the age of uh, 15 shouldn't use a cell phone because even the energy from the cell phone, putting it up to your head, penetrates the skull and alters the firing patterns of your brain. Um, and so the, the real advanced technology looks for the, the, the brain pathways, deciphers those and can alter emotions uh, as well as pipe in sound. So silent sound is one technology, but there's uh, another one that bypasses the human auditory canal completely, and it's a, a company that creates something called Medusa, mob access deterrent using silent audio, and it exploits the microwave audio effect 
in which short microwave pulses rapidly heat tissue, brain tissue, causing a shockwave inside the skull that can be t- detected by the ears. And they, uh, Sierra Nevada Corporation produces this, and they, they intend it to basically, you know, tell the crowd, go away, you're not welcome here, disperse. And you can't even plug your ears. It's directly piped into your head. Robert, so, when you saw those uh, that, that spate of uh, uh, television reporters, including Judge Judy, there was one in here in Canada on global television. Uh, there was an NBC reporter. I think she was on the red carpet at the Grammy Awards. They started to talk, and then all of a sudden, it was like their brain melted down. They couldn't put a sentence together. And it's, you know, in broadcasting, we occasionally, we, we, we stumble, but then we stop, we collect ourselves you know, we have an off night, but they went on in some cases for a couple of minutes, and it's like they didn't even realize they weren't making any sense. When Did you see that, and what did you make of it, if so? Uh, yeah, I did see that, and I, it's, uh, of, of course, because I study this field, one of the purposes of these weapons is to disrupt speech. They call it forced speech. So either to try to make uh, the target say something they didn't intend, but a lot of the side effect is that their brains get scrambled in the process if it doesn't work right. And, you know, I, it's, uh, it's difficult to say they were being targeted, but one of the main points of these weapon systems is to alter political outcomes. And so you can imagine during our process, uh, debate process if we could if someone could alter either what they say or scramble the brain so they sound incoherent well then you alter the outcome of the election um so it's it's a very possible it can be done um but uh, obviously without the right equipment and being at the right place at the right time there's there's no way that we can say uh whether those cases or an example of these weapon systems being used. All right, we'll uh, we'll come back, and I, I, I want to get your take on the uh, the Arizona shooter, Jared uh, Lochner, the uh, uh, the man that uh, mm-hmm. attempted to kill Arizona Representative Gabriel Giffords, and maybe even go back a few years to the, the Virginia Tech shooter and others, and whether you ever uh, sort of saw in any of those individuals, any of those shooters, signs, symptoms that they may have been, in fact, Uh, Manchurian candidates, mind control victims, what have you. Dr. Robert Duncan, here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. You want the truth? You can handle the truth. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. To get to the truth, call Richard now at 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The world is being pulled over your eyes. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM740. To reach Richard, call 416 416- 360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. 
Robert Duncan stays with us. And in around 12.30, we'll open up the phone lines and uh, conduct a, uh, an open line segment till the top of the hour, till we dim the lights and say goodnight. Uh, right now, we're talking about hacking the human mind, creating programmed assassins, Manchurian candidates, and a man who knows probably more about it than most, Dr. Robert Duncan, is with us, his new book, Soul Catcher. Uh, Jared Lochner, Gabriel Gifford Shooter. When you when you saw him, when you read the account, saw the reports, uh, did it cross your mind that this was in fact uh, possibly a, a Manchurian candidate? Oh, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Uh, he had a a blurb he put on YouTube, and he mentions mind control, and um, he he phrases it differently, but something called neuro linguistic programming. And this is similar to the two-track tapes that were used in the Montreal, University of Montreal, uh, when they were deep, what's called de-patterning or brainwashing uh, those women with mild depression. Uh, they used um, neuro-linguistic programming, and it's sort of the repetition of words in the episodic memory of human beings that we um, you know, this is why advertising works. Repetition of messages, uh, we we then kind of incorporate into our own awareness. Um, and since he mentioned that, there is no doubt in my mind that he is a prime candidate for being a remote control soldier, a um, Manchurian candidate. And uh, I hypothesized in... Uh, uh, about five years ago that we'd see uh, more assassinations or shootings because if there was a political agenda. They, the government, of course, wants to take away gun rights, uh, and the best way to do that is to show how dangerous guns are, and that, of course, will lead to more government power and control. Um, no government wants their citizens to be able to overthrow them, uh, and have another civil war or revolution. So it, that could have been the point of it. Um, but well, walk us through if, if in fact Jared Loughner was a Manchurian candidate. I mean, how is he, how, how do they choose the individual? Uh, and then what do they do? Sweep them off the streets, uh, uh, program them? How is that done? Walk us through it. Uh, it, it depends on the techniques being used, uh, but wireless mind control, usually it, they choose people who are socially isolated, and uh, this helps uh, them direct the energies necessary to, to start uh, manipulating the target into certain belief systems, and they have cognitive maps to in a personality profile of people who are more easily uh, directed to become something like a Manchurian candidate. Um, and so he may have fit the, the profile that they were looking for. Uh, they usually look for someone in their mid-30s, um, and this is from Project Artichoke, um, uh, socially adept, uh, usually well-educated, and uh, 
you know, he, he sort of fit the old Project Artichoke description. And what's upsetting to me is when I try to do my research and I want to interview these people that commit these horrific crimes uh, and find out uh, do they fit the profile, I can't get access to them. So once they committed uh, their act, uh, it's impossible for the public to then investigate anything further. So that will remain a mystery, unfortunately, since I can't uh, interview the guy. Uh, take us back then to uh, uh, April t- 2007 and that horrible massacre at Virginia Tech. Uh, and here we have the perpetrator, uh, Sung Hui Cho, killed something like 32 people, wounded many others uh, before committing suicide. Uh, again, does he fit the profile of a Manchurian candidate? He does. He also fits the profile of a Manchurian candidate. Uh, even the Unabomber fits the profile of the Manchurian candidate. Uh, and, you know, you see these patterns and see how it, it could be done, um, but it's almost impossible to go back and uh, do research. Uh, the government likes to just say, okay, we, we know who the killer is, that's the end of it. But if there's somebody else's mind and indirection behind what is occurring, well, that's the real perpetrator, and that's the injustice that is being done. Uh, and so it's unfortunate these people may have been used as pawns, uh, just pawns in a very complex chess game. The interesting thing about the, uh, the Virginia Tech shooting, uh, Virginia Tech located in Blacksburg, Virginia, and also there is a, a DARPA facility called Butt Mountain. What do you know of that uh, particular DARPA facility, and could that have been involved? Uh, it's unlikely uh, that that was involved. Um, there, there are DARPA facilities and, and other operations all throughout the country, so it's, it's almost impossible not to be near something related to military uh, in the Department of Defense, no matter where you are. This is a worldwide system. Every, every country in the world has their support groups of mind control victims, or they like to call themselves survivors. Um, and so it's, it's unlikely that that facility was directly involved. Have these techniques and the technology fallen into private hands, uh, vigilante groups, uh, who take it upon themselves to target, it could be a political opponent, it could be a whistleblower, it could be someone, uh, someone has a personal vendetta and they're just out to drive that person mad? Uh, you know, this isn't a popular opinion, but uh, no. I mean, this is coveted Technology. The U.S. Air Force only recently submitted a patent um, and published for mind control uh, technologies and conveying sound to the human brain uh, in 2004. A lot of these patents have been uh, subverted. No one can reverse engineer them very easily. Uh, and this is the ultimate weapon. It, it's like saying, can someone build a nuclear weapon? Well, hypothetically, but it's uh, very, very unlikely. This this is in use by government-only intelligence agencies. Well, then, what, Robert, are we to make of the, 
I don't know what number to to affix to it, uh, but I, doing this show over the last t- ten years, and now with a TV show, and interviewing a number of of people who claim that they are being uh, targeted, um, they're not quite sure why. Uh, they're not. There's nothing extraordinary necessarily about these individuals. And one woman uh, from New York City, I know, is uh, an event planner and. Uh, uh, I'm sure you're, you're, you're familiar with many of these cases. What's going on there? Are these, uh, some of these people perhaps are mentally ill, uh, uh, delusional, but some of them, I mean, I've sat across them. I've had long conversations. They're tortured people. They're, they don't come across as mentally ill. Yeah, and, and that's uh, it's part of the trickery as well as the side effect. Have you had your mind tampered with, with uh, these neurological weapons? Of course, you're going to exhibit some of the symptomology of mental illness. And in fact, that's part of the, what they cause. It's like dosing somebody with LSD and saying, well, they're mentally ill. Well, yes, but there's a cause for it. It's not naturally occurring. Um, and, you know, it's uh, similarly with cancer. Well, was there a cause for the cancer? It was, was it genetic and bad luck? Or, uh, could be because they were smoking or, uh, the, the cause is important. And so I don't, and on top of that, a lot of the trickery, the tricks that are being used, and you want to read about all the, the tricks to make someone look mentally ill, uh, that's also in my book. Um, and so that's part of the strategy to discredit the targets. As soon as you're labeled mentally ill, then anything that's said is kind of discarded by the general public. So it's a way to hide the uh, experimentation on human subjects right in plain sight. So why, who is targeting and why would they target, target a, a, an event planner, a very nice lady from New York City uh, who's living in a you know, rent-controlled apartment on the, uh, the Upper East Side? Why, why her? It's so from our statistics that we gathered, uh, 650 interviews, um, it looks on the most part random. So if you're doing, if you're doing weapons testing uh, for effectiveness, you don't just choose one population, military personnel or warmongers or something. You want to test it on the general population, uh, be it a, a new pill and its efficacy, they do random trials with the placebo effect. And so all these, uh, so unfortunately there's no rhyme or reason except for, there are some exceptions, whistleblowers tend to get it. Uh, And so there's a higher percentage of whistleblowers uh, that uh, get put into the program than other groups, but otherwise it's random. And uh, that too seems quite unjust. Your social security number comes up. It's your time for helping the war machine with with your life, basically. Have Have you uh, been asked to speak uh, to um, the people at Freedom from Covert Harassment and Surveillance? Are, f- are you familiar with the group? Oh, very much so. Derek Robertson is one of my friends. Ah, yes, we had uh, Derek, uh, we, we flew him up to Toronto uh, not t- too long ago to, t- to tape a TV uh, episode on, on this uh, topic, and he's a, he's a very nice, uh, gentle soul. Uh, 
as I say, he just he's tortured. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's sad. You, there there were laws passed no experimentation on pregnant women or prisoners because the U.S. was experimenting uh, on prisoners so much, and they finally got laws passed against it. So who do they have left? Well, they have just average citizens, and some of these people are truly just saints, um, nicest people you ever meet, and that they have to go through basically experiments and torture and brainwashing and control is it's unconscionable it, it truly is horrific and that's why i've dedicated my life to exposing these crimes and uh, hopefully some legislature can stop it what's what is the the uh, i mean i know maybe maybe they're testing uh, the the uh, the devices and trying to perfect it but uh, uh i mean uh, is it their intent? Because they've been following some of these people for 20, 30 years. I mean, how, how, is, that, how is it they can have that kind of continuity uh, to, to stay in, on, on one person, uh, you know, for, for, that, for such a long yeah. period of time? Yeah, that's a, one of the shocking factors. Uh, and again, if, uh, you read the book, a lot of it's computerized. Uh, and so a computer program, all it needs run as a computer and uh, electricity um and so it's these terminator programs if you, if you will will can continue 24 hours a day seven days a week for a lifespan now i've been trying to calculate what what are the what's the number of people being targeted what is the upper limit of this weapon system and it looks around 10,000 people worldwide uh, are being targeted. And so that, that gives sort of a capacity of, of the weapon system of how many people they may be able to target at one time. And that's what they're, they're potentially testing. And they also, there are a whole bunch of other experiments going on. Uh, they'll induce post-traumatic stress disorder in people and, and want to see how if they can cure it. Uh, the, when they do these experiments, they're, they're packed full of experiments, not just one particular experiment. And all these subjects, they get a subset of the total number of experiments going on. Um, but when, when they're live people, they call them cybernetic hive minds, uh, and they're usually f- four to a group. That gives them eight-hour shifts uh, to watch the target uh, completely. Um, and so, yeah, that's how they do it. But what a, what a waste of tax dollars, in my opinion. And, uh, I mean, do they consider it a su- success if they actually drive a particular individual uh, to either commit mu- murder or suicide? Yeah, they, they get points based on uh, what they're able to achieve. And so they have a, a list of goals. Um, can they make them kill somebody else? Can they make them kill themselves? Or, or it can be something ridiculous. You know, one guy, uh, his mission, uh, his orders through this mind control technology was to uh, count the people, I think in Montreal, and because the census was wrong. Now, they were obviously just messing with him. Uh, he obviously couldn't count the people, and he figured that out. But... Uh, but that they were able to make him believe that that was important 
they get points for that. And how many different mind control uh, tasks they successfully complete with the target, uh, I imagine they get promoted based on that. Well, when you say they get points, who are these individuals that are being recruited to take part in this evil scheme? Because it sounds to me like they would have to be as dead inside as some of the the the, uh, the shooters that they program. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. They 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 recruit sociopaths clearly. No, and sociopathy occurs in about one percent of the population. But look at when we go to war, we. Look at what happened in Nazi Germany. They they turned school teachers into mass murders overnight. Um, so the human mind, given the right motivation for their country or for promotion or for their careers, they'll do anything. They'll obey orders. We'll take another time out here, but just going into the break very quickly. Uh, are some of these perps that are targeting people perhaps lied to and deceived and told that the person that you're harassing is perhaps a pedophile or, or a, a, a rapist or something in order to maybe assuage any, any feelings of guilt they would have for targeting an individual? Uh, yeah, uh, that's possible, but uh, it actually is more complicated than that. They, they'd like to play the shame game and make people come up with their own reasons why they're being tortured. Uh, and so it's, it's possible, but uh, I, I think it's part of the psychological operations to make people believe that they've done something wrong, and that's why they're being targeted. Back with more of my conversation with the author of Project Soul Catcher, Secrets of Cyber and Cybernetic Warfare Revealed, Dr. Robert Duncan, here on The Conspiracy Show, AM 740. If you're sure your phone isn't tapped, call now, 416-360-0740, or toll-free in Ontario at Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zuma Radio, AM 740. Robert, uh, I know you've got another book coming out in uh, the next couple of months, Mind Control Technologies, The Physics and Philosophy of Cybernetics. Can you give us a little sneak preview? Uh, so it's kind of funny. The uh, two books, that are the one book that's out is actually Volume 2. Volume 1 is more scientific as well as forward-looking. How are we going to uh, use these technologies in the future? Um, and uh, it, it covers uh, a lot of surveillance uh, technologies, 
how how mind control tracking of individuals uh, is possible, um, and as well as a positive looking view of all of the uh, suffering of humans from deaf people to blind people, how we can cure those using uh, these integrated mind control technologies. Um, so a, a draft government report says that we'll alter human evolution within 20 years by combining what we know of nanotechnology, biotechnology, IT, and cognitive science. And this 400-page uh, report sponsored by the U.S. National Science Foundation and Commerce Department on Converging Technologies for Improving Human Performance calls for a broad-based research program uh, leading to telepathy, machine-to-human communication, amplified personal sensory devices, and enhanced intellectual capacity. Uh, this technology, one of the reasons it's um, kept in secret is all of Western philosophy from crime and punishment to religion will be turned on its head if we don't have this concept of free will. Um, and so eventually this is going to come out. It will be accepted just like when the earth was flat and, and it took a couple hundred years before the rest of the population caught up and agreed that perhaps the earth isn't flat. This, this is a, another paradigm shift of how we even define what it is to be human. Uh, so it's, it's quite significant. I'll say, my gosh. I mean, uh, I mean, some of those uh, d uh, developments uh, sound like you know wonderfully positive of things. I mean, did, did they come out of the same sort of research that led to some of these atrocities? Yes, uh, and, and it's unfortunate that throughout history, tech technology is neutral. It can be used for good or evil. Fire can be used to uh, burn down villages or heat food and and keep people warm. Technology is neutral, but it, because we live in an active war machine, uh, the m military uses against the enemy will always come first, and then the technology can be used for good, and that's really the purpose of me being a whistleblower and writing about it and investigating it is I'm hoping to force a technology transfer from the military sector to the civilian sector for all the good uses uh, that it has. Um, the, uh, aside from the, you know, those, those individuals that are tar targeted to become uh, Manchurian candidates, uh, programmed assassins, and so forth, how is the public at large uh, let, uh, perhaps being controlled, manipulated, dumbed down using s similar, uh, some types of technology? Yeah, that's... It, it's unfortunate, but I, I think it is being used on a mass scale, uh, subliminally, and, uh, and let's just be honest, dumb people are easier to control. So dumbing down the population, again, if you're a government, that's good. You can herd them easier. Uh, people who tend to be intellectuals, well, they're the first to be killed in any um, regime change uh, from the red China to... Uh, the Nazis to, well, maybe this is a modern-day extinction of the scholars and, uh, because they, can, they have more influence of uh, the population than most do. Uh, does the proliferation of cell phone towers uh, in any way factor into this scheme? 
Another difficult question. A lot of people uh, that I that do research in this area blame cell phone towers, but I, I, I have to state again that the military bases, the large phased arrays, are the culprit, uh, and maybe with satellite technology, but they wouldn't be using civilian cell phone company towers to do these dirty works, even though they operate within the right range and frequency. Um, but it's just those are private sector um, corporations, so it's unlikely that they, they're using those towers. If they wanted to hack into my mind and, and um, make me say certain things on the radio to discredit myself or to drive me mad... Um, how would they, how would they do it? Do they need a sample of my DNA? Uh, how do they hack into my mind, Robert? Yeah, they, they just need your brain print and sort of like a fingerprint. Everyone has a unique brain, uh, with its architecture and it's just like with two cell phones right next to each other. One can ring and talk, you can talk on it while the other one won't. Well, brains have a unique signature and in order to get that signature, unfortunately, they can do it from anywhere. Um, so it's just whether they you get targeted, then they they run your brain prints and they put it in the, their database and away they go. Can it be done by satellite? Can it be done by satellite? Satellite may act as a redundant system uh, in terms of sensors, but the first case. Of mine hacking that I could track down was in 1959, and that's before even one satellite was launched. Uh, the first satellite, I think, was 1961. So it, it's, satellites are not necessary. What are some of the clues that uh, perhaps I am being electronically uh, harassed or my mind is being hacked? Uh, <laughs> it would be obvious to you. I, I mean, it, it, it could potentially messages like obey your government could be broadcast while you're sleeping and you wouldn't even know that your dreams are being influenced. And that'd be a very subtle effect. Um, but the overt ones, the people that I study, they're told you're government experiment and you can tell anybody you want. No one will believe you. Um, so the, there's a whole range from very mild and subtle influences, subliminal influences, dream manipulation, to the very overt that we are, you now have a split personality and we are controlling your mind. And so, yeah, uh, you would know. This, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't question it. Um, I have to be careful with this because uh, obviously there are, um, there are, you know, leg- legitimate cases of, of, of People with mental illness, and and they needed to they need to be treated uh, accordingly. Uh, but I'm thinking about how many cases of individuals who have been diagnosed with perhaps schizophrenia uh, are not schizophrenic, but are are being targeted. Yeah, and that's called the uh, Marshall Mitchell effect in psychology, where no matter how outrageous the claim is, it's not a delusion, and they're misdiagnosed. And I, I think uh, probably 100% of targeted individuals, if they saw a shrink, would be diagnosed as schizophrenic. Um, 
So yeah, the di- that's that's uh, again another uh, trauma and injustice that that's being done. But the reverse is more difficult to detect, and that is people with natural naturally occurring mental illness latching on to these mind control groups and claiming they're mind controlled when in fact they just have mental illness. Uh, and it's difficult to distinguish them other than the, the symptomology. Um, and we've been trying to come up with surveys that do exactly that, try to differentiate uh, those with uh, mental illness versus those that are being targeted by the U.S. government. You've dedicated your life to this. You're, you know, you're writing uh, a books on it. Now we have volume two for, of Project Soul Catcher, and you're working on another one on mind control technologies. Uh, do you not worry that as someone who's trying to blow the whistle on this and raise public awareness about this, that you yourself may be, may be targeted? And, and is, are there steps that you can take to protect yourself? <laughs> Good question. Uh, initially, I, I was worried about that. I have, I, I can't live my life in fear. I have to do what I know is right. Um, and, uh, I think actually by being more public, I'm, it adds protection, uh, because then they turn me into a martyr and they say, and they'll, you know, people say, well, look at, they got him right after we started talking about it. Uh, so I, I think by being public, it adds protection for me personally. I mean, but they wouldn't have to, uh, excuse the term, knock you off, Robert. All they would have to do is program you to start saying maybe uh, increasingly unusual things to discredit yourself. Mm-hmm. Is that not possible? Uh, yeah, it's possible. Although, I, yeah, it's possible. I mean, <laughs> How how can individuals uh, protect themselves? Can are there uh, do these shielding devices that sometimes are used to protect uh, from EMF, microwaves, and cell towers? Are any shielding devices uh, capable of of? Well, yeah, and it, so uh, a perfect shielding device. If you have ten million dollars, it would be a superconductor chamber. But then you're still a prisoner, and that has to be cooled by liquid nitrogen. Um, the the technologies that will be effective is something called active jamming. And because uh, the, the signals, the energy frequencies and intensities, uh, they vary across the spectrum. They're, sp- they're spread spectrum. There are some particular frequencies that are important uh, under the Earth's gravitational, uh, I'm sorry, magnetic field, um, depending on where you are on the Earth. Uh, those, those frequencies alter a tiny bit, but not much. Um, and the passive shielding, unfortunately, has been somewhat ineffective. Uh, but jammers, the, the way electronic warfare, the way the military does it, uh, works pretty well. Some of the materials that are used in the stealth bomber, that lowers radar, um, signatures and but it's a it's a game between the the signaling, how it can penetrate almost you know through the earth twenty five miles, and uh, and and the defenses, and they can keep finding frequencies that will penetrate different 
kinds of material to a greater depth. Uh, so shielding is a, is a broad subject, and there are some successes, um, but I don't have time to get into them now. No. Uh, final question is, I guess, what, what, aside from you know, trying to raise awareness, uh, how do we get out from under this uh, situation? How do we help rescue these 10,000 people that are being targeted for electronic harassment? How do we prevent more Manchurian candidates and, and, and shooters from being produced? Yeah, and that's uh, the, one of the purposes of the book that I just published is more you know, the, the truth will set you free. And so if, if you know the shell game and you go to New York City, you're not going to be conned. And so uh, by exposing a lot of the trickery uh, and people read the book um, and we get more public awareness, well, then the very methods to control people's minds are defunct. And all that testing they were doing would be for not. So it's a lot of human suffering for nothing is what it hopefully will end up being. Um, Robert, how do people get a, a, a hold of the copy of a, a Volume 2 of Project Soul Catcher? Uh, anywhere. You can go to uh, your local bookstore, have them order it, um, or go directly to Amazon.com and order it there. All right. Well, thank you for the book. Thank you for your time tonight. And uh, I look forward to uh, future conversations. All right. Well, thank you again for having me on. Dr. Robert Duncan. All right. When we come back, open lines. Get it said now till the top of the hour. Anything that's happened uh, over the last uh, few weeks you want to discuss? Conspiracies, paranormal, supernatural, unexplained mysteries? I'm your guy. Phone lines are open. Loose lips sink ships. And sometimes, corporations. Got something to say? Call Richard Serrett now at 416-360-0740 or toll-free in Ontario, 1-866-740-4740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Where there's smoke, there's The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Well, Saturday 6 p.m. came and went. I don't know if they're going to uh, refer to that day, May 21st, 2011, as the Great Disappointment. Uh, We were told, of course, that the rapture was going to happen. And uh, I don't know, whatever the the figure was, how many millions of uh, good God-fearing Christians would be uh, taken up into the heavens where they would avoid the tribulation in anticipation of uh, another date in October of this year when the entire planet and, in fact, the universe would be annihilated. Uh, So, for me, it meant I had to cut the grass. (laughs) I was just kind of... Just kind of taking a wait and see attitude as we approached the uh, as the, uh, we approached the weekend, you know. I said, "Well, you know, do I really want to commit to that Saturday afternoon? Uh, if 
you know, I'm just going to be taken up into the skies. Uh, actually, as a, uh, I, I don't happen to believe in a rapture. Uh, not, not all Christians do, of course. Certain uh, uh, sects within uh, the Protestant faith believe in a rapture. Uh, as an Orthodox Christian, I do not. I don't believe Catholics believe in a rapture. However, I'm just wondering what Harold Egbert Camping is, uh, is thinking this weekend. Apparently, he was, quote, end quote, flabbergasted that the rapture didn't occur. He had, of course, uh, predicted uh, a similar event. Uh, he wrote a book in 1992 entitled 1994, and he was so sure that his biblical numerology was precise and that it would happen then, and it didn't, and he said, well, I miscalculated. Uh, and the math that he uses is quite interesting. But we can get into that if you'd like, if you want to talk about the, uh, the rapture that wasn't. So good old Harold uh, Camping and the Family Radio Network are uh, batting 0 for 2. Uh, although, it seems the Jehovah Witnesses, uh, they, they're 0 for 3. They predicted the end of the world in 1914. Again in uh, it was 19, sorry, 1910, 1914, and 1925, uh, which I thought was kind of coincidental because I think those were three years that the Boston Red Sox made it to the World Series. But I'm not sure if there's any connection there. Is that what they were talking about when they said the curse of Ruth? I'm not sure. All right, let's say hello, first of all, uh, to, is it Michael in the beaches? Hello, Michael. Welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Good morning. Yes, uh, good morning, Richard. Uh, I was uh, just wondering, maybe in the future, that you could have uh, uh, Nils Hamron's take on this, uh, that, uh, the so-called rapture, because a number of years ago, he predicted... Uh, uh, the Great Tribulation to happen uh, in 1994. No specific date, except May. I think it was September or something. You're right. It, it is time to get uh, my good friend Nils back on the program. Uh, you're right. He had now. He claims that the the seal of the Bible has been opened to him, and he's able to uh, calculate certain events based on the, um, what, what is called the Shabuah, which apparently is God's clock. And, uh, and yes, Nils admitted that, uh, there was not necessarily a miscalculation, but what he said was the Shabuah clock stopped and certain things that were supposed to happen didn't. And so that sort of delayed things. Uh, but Nils is still, uh, out there promoting, uh, the, uh, you know, the Shabuah clock uh, and says, but until there's a key event that occurs, something to do with uh, the Middle East, once that happens, it kickstarts the Shabuah clock again, and then it's just a matter of time. It seems like the last time I heard him, uh, was it a few weeks ago? I don't remember. He had this holy water or something somebody made. Uh, <laughs> it had properties of healing as well. Uh, for a time, uh, Nils, uh, yes, was, I believe, uh, uh, marketing uh, something that was sort of similar to um, like an oxy-silver type of water or hydrosol, I think it's called, that, uh, for example, Dr. Len Horowitz was, was peddling. 
Uh, I, I certainly would not make any claims as to uh, you know um, what it may or may not do, um, but there were some sort of miraculous claims being made. I, I think made. he said it was gone. Like, uh, yes, he said that this, 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 suddenly the supply uh, of this uh, all dried up. I mean, the, the origin of the uh, the production of this water is qu- is quite uh, interesting. I believe it was discovered, he says, by a, a NASA scientist who was working in an underground base, and. Um, uh, this this machine was suddenly started cranking out this water uh, when it was exposed to certain types of ultraviolet uh, light. Uh, again, it would activate some miraculous property, and um, you know certain claims were being made that I would not repeat on this radio station. Uh, however, there you are, Michael in the beach is always a delight. Thank you. Uh, okay. D- Dave is in Hamilton, Ontario, Steeltown. Good morning, Dave. Hey, how's it going? Very well, thank you. Great. Hey, um, I was uh, connected with uh, the show there, the uh, last guest there, and basically tuned into it from uh, when you were on Coast to Coast a couple years ago and mentioned uh, freedom from covert harassment and surveillance, and Eleanor White and told me to look her up. Right, right. Yeah, and I got some uh, some additional information from one of their newsletters that I had uh Neglected to mention on Doug Miller's show when I was on his radio program back on May 2nd, but it's a website. It's kind of a sister site. It's called gangstalkingworld.com, and that uh, gives out the uh, gives the the outline of how you get targeted uh, by these uh, stalkers in the community, and they go after you and harass you, and a lot of times you just think it's coincidental, you're having a bad day, but that's the kind of tactic they use to uh, kind of throw you off your game. But uh, what I did want to mention, a lot of times that these, uh, when this topic is brought up, that uh, there's always the question, why do people think they're being targeted? And a lot of times, like your guest had mentioned, a lot of times they just figure it's random. Right, right. But I suspect it may be uh, one of the issues that I had that's been going on for 30-plus years is I had a run-in with a a rogue cop in my teens, and there was a bit of a uh, verbal altercation. And from that moment forward, I can trace it back after looking up Eleanor White and uh, FFCHS, compliments of uh, you suggesting it. I was able to uh, trace it back and go, well, that explains all the problems that I was having because of the uh, targeting. So it could be a case of, uh, you know, something like that where you had a run-in with an authority figure. Or another uh, aspect of it is I think it's, um, there's a lot of information that I've come up with that organized crime has taken over a lot of the power structures in the, uh, well, in the world, actually, and, of course, North America, uh, whether that's governments or, uh, you know, the police, the, you know, CIA or whatever, and I believe that they're moving in their people, and what they're doing is they're removing people that may be moral or ethical, uh, forcing them out of their jobs by targeting them, and then they'll move in their own uh, organized crime figures to take their place. That's an interesting theory. I mean, I, 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 uh, I wouldn't know how to, to, uh, to answer that, except to say, you know, every year when you see, or every election, when you see the... Not in all cases, but the, the the slate of candidates that are offered up, and whether it's in the United States or Canada, and you say, and then you know they start uh, slinging the mud, and we find out this about that candidate, and this about, about the criminal record here, and and uh, you know dodgy business practices over here, and you start to think, my gosh, is this the best we can do? And why is it that that the people that come forward to run are are the you know the ones that we 
uh, it's like the, the the best of the worst is all we get. Uh, they seem to be the most, in many, in, in some instances, I should say, uh, the most corrupt, uh, dodgy characters. You know, and maybe right, maybe right. you're they're, on to something, Dave. Maybe be, people in places yeah, because, of power, because the good people that, that would run ethical gets uh, forced out. Yeah. Uh, or they don't make it into power, so that's kind of the the way the power structure is set up. That if you uh, you know play with the uh, you know you row the boat for the pirates there, you get promoted, and if you don't, you get thrown overboard. All right, Dave. Good points. I mean, there are some wonderful people that run. Yeah. Uh, one quick uh, point about the rapture, if I could. Yes. Uh, rumor has it that it uh, actually took place, and God came looking for worthy souls and didn't find many. That's why we didn't notice. <laughs> that maybe yes, yes, okay, as he right, said to uh, as he said, find me one good person in Sodom or Gomorrah. Yeah. Uh, find me one good person, and he couldn't. Uh-huh. All right, thanks, uh, Dave and Hamilton. Uh, Arthur is in Toronto. Good morning, Arthur. Welcome to the Conspiracy Show. Hi. Hi. Uh, when you mentioned Joel witnesses, they didn't never never said. Or if they were wrong, because some of the prophecies were wrong, they admit that. But then they meant, as we found out lately, so many after so many years, that it's not the world that will pass away; it's the world system that will pass away. Because in one scripture, I believe in Psalms, it says, "The righteous themselves will inherit the earth forever." God planted the earth not just to be destroyed or turned away, but He meant He wants to cultivate the food in the ground, not just for the animals to eat but to make use of the earth forever. Turn this earth into a paradise. All right, Arthur. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. Uh, back with more of your questions, comments. If you've had a, uh, an encounter with the unexplained, would love to hear about that. I used to call that the things that make the hairs in the back of your neck stand up. Spine-tingling tales, if you will. It's been a while since we've heard a good ghost story. Those are always welcome, and what better time than at 12.43 on a Sunday night, Sunday morning. Back with more here on The Conspiracy Show, 416-360-0740, and toll-free from out of town, 866-744-740. Different views make great conversation. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. To speak to Richard live, call 416-360-0740 or toll-free in Ontario, 1-866-740-4740. This is no place for the naive or the faint-hearted. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Victor Vigiani, news director at Zeland Communications, um, makes his way back to the uh, program at 11 o'clock Eastern. And uh, let's see, who do we have on tap as we discuss, of course, UFOs when Victor joins us, Vic, uh, the and uh, ETs and uh, the UFO disclosure movement. Uh, oh, Canadian uh, ufologist Grant Cameron, UFO researcher Grant Cameron, uh, will be with us along with Victor. And, uh, of course, uh, Grant has been doing stellar research, uh, going to the various presidential libraries throughout the United States, 
And I get lazy. I start to do the George W. thing. Libraries. Libraries. Presidential libraries. Uncovering uh, uh, documents. And we're going to focus on uh, on J- John F. Kennedy. Uh, there's some interesting documents, memos that Kennedy sent out uh, requesting information on UFOs. And, of course, that's led some Kennedy assassination researchers to surmise, to speculate that that may have been one of the reasons uh, he was murdered in November of 63. So Grant Cameron will uh, will be along to talk about that. And then, you know, there are these uh, various exopolitical groups uh, emerging around the world, uh, exopolitics sort of dedicated to the, uh, the study of the, the political, sociological implications of ET contact with human civilization. And uh, these groups have been largely instrumental in trying to uh, pressure governments to release documents pertaining to the UFO ET question. Uh, so we'll speak to the leader of one such exopolitical group. This one, I believe, is in Hong Kong, Neil Gould. Um, he'll join us as well. So that's all part of next week's program. That's Sunday, May the 29th, uh, starting at 11 p.m. Victor Vigiani, Grant Cameron, and Neil Gould uh, for the first hour. Not sure what we've got planned for the second, but I guarantee it'll be a barn burner. All right, back to the phones we go. And uh, Marie is in Toronto. Good morning, Marie. Welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Hi, Richard. Hi. Um, yeah, I'm one of those people being targeted um, because uh, I try to be a whistleblower about the government. Um, and um, I've had, um, uh, you know, my ears turn pure red. Uh, I didn't know what it was, but I know now that it was from some type of... Uh, FM frequency, and um, this stuff is in my car, too. I have microwave coils in my car. I live with sonic noise constantly in the house. What do you mean you have microwave coils in your car? Well, when I moved, I uh, found an old Fuzzbuster, you know, one of those old um, uh, radar detectors. Yes. And uh, after a while, this one day, I decided to plug it in into the car, because actually it was quite a while, um, and... Uh, when I plugged it in, in the car, um, I noticed that when uh, I uh, pointed it uh, underneath the dash, the thing started to go off. And I would put a pump, uh, but that only then. And when I pointed uh, uh, under the dash in uh, the passenger side, it would go off. Then I would point it under the dash in the driver's side, it, was go, it would go off. And then I just thought, hmm. And I put the thing in between my legs and pushed down on the seat, and the thing started to go off. Then I took it, pushed it down on the passenger side seat, and the thing would go off. Now, I could put it anywhere else in the car, and it wouldn't go off, but there it would. And they broke into, into well, they don't break in. They just walk into your house when nobody's home, uh, and they broke the thing. Uh, Wait a minute. Are you suggesting that they, they put microwave, they hid microwave coils in your car yes, so that you would be exposed to this uh, EMF radiation? Yeah, and, yeah, and I get uh, EMF um, uh, pulse in the house 24 hours a day. Uh, when I come to bed, it, uh, I can feel, I can hear it. Well, wait a minute. Now, let me get back to the microwave coils in your car. Okay. I mean, did you actually like, rip the car seats out and find them? No, because I, I don't know where to do do that. 
the surveillance is, is so unbelievably uh, 24 hours a day, everywhere I go, uh, I'm not allowed to, uh, to, uh, to talk to people. Uh, if I phone a lawyer, um, you know, to talk to him about this, um, uh, like in one instance, instance, he was very interested, and then I was put on hold, and then uh, after about five minutes later, she came back, and you know, and I was told he was not interested. You know, uh, it, while I was talking to her, somebody phoned his do- his office, and it's it's like that everywhere, everywhere, everywhere you go, and the lie is different uh, for everybody they speak to, and um, what your guest uh, said about them calling in. Um, that just called in and said that they were replacing these people with, um, with um, you know, thugs to do the, you know, to do the right. the dirty work. It, it, it's 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 exactly how it's going. Uh, people have no idea uh, how you know how how much of this is out there. I was trying to be a whistleblower on the government's drug trafficking with Washington DC. Okay, don't ma- ma- you you must not mention any names, but uh, let me let me get back to though the have you been to um uh, Eleanor White's site? Have you been to I can't use a computer. Uh, I can't use a computer. If I go downstairs and use my friend's computer, I'm on his computer for an hour and a half and I won't get the three pages that I'm trying to to go to look up. If I go to my friend's house and use his computer, um well, I tried to send you an email by computer. It wouldn't send. Uh, next time I saw him, his computer was out of the blink. Can't use his computer. Well, anymore. get a friend. Get a friend to email the, um, the to, uh, Eleanor. Uh, let me see if I can get her website or her email here for you right now, because um, she's constantly in touch with me, and she does uh, some good work. Do you have a pen and paper there, yeah. Handy? Okay, so it's E W Raven one. E W Raven and then the number one, so E W Raven as in the bird number one at simpatico.ca, and um, just have a friend email on your behalf. And then of course there are uh, the folks at Freedom from Covert Harassment and Surveillance. Yeah, you know I hooked up with the with the girl here, the uh, the the uh, the, uh, the Russian girl here from that, and uh, we went and. Um, we uh, she got a permit to go to the uh, Parliament Building downtown, and there was only three of us there with signs. And since she has moved out of the area, and she kind of have just brushed me off um, because uh, finally she got a doctor to say that maybe she, uh, you know, she might have had something done to her. But uh, like I said, it's so. Um, you, you know they're around you like 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So much it's just unbelievable. Well, if this is happening to you, Marie, you you can't allow yourself to be uh, ostracized and isolated. You have. I to, already have been. Well, you've got to fight it. You've got to reach out to people. Maybe you know the best thing is is not to. Uh, to, to to bring it up with 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 people, uh, you've got to compartmentalize your life and reach out just so that you have a social uh, life and that you have human contact. Decide that you're not going. You're only going to tell very specific people, uh, and the rest you're, you're not going to tell them. So that you, at least you can enjoy other people's uh, uh, company. Uh, and in the meantime, find some people that you can trust. Get them uh, to, uh, to to get in touch with uh, with. Um, 
now I've forgotten uh, the uh, gentleman's name at Freedom from uh, Covert Harassment. He's based in Cincinnati, but get on, get on their website and uh, um, and perhaps I can also send or I can uh, get you hooked up with Dr. Robert Duncan and he can advise you. Uh, but the main thing, Marie, is not to allow yourself uh, to be driven mad. Uh, you, you've got to get uh, human contact and you've got to uh, uh, to remain, uh, you know, active, and, and don't let them drive you over the edge. That's my advice to you. All right, we'll um, we'll take one final quick timeout. We'll come back a few programming notes and uh, dim the lights and put a bow on another episode of the Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. The truth is not out there; it's right here. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM seven forty. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Peering into the shadows where the truth often hides, you're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio, AM740. And you can follow me on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash Richard Serrett, all one word, twitter.com forward slash Richard Serrett. And uh, the TV show, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett, back in production for season two, coming to Vision TV, sometime in September, I'm told, 18 brand new episodes, and uh, we're actually beginning uh, production in um, just a few days, really, back on the road with the crew, Jalal, and, uh, you know, our camera people and our sound people and uh, flying here and there and reaching out and finding uh, some of the the top researchers and investigators and witnesses and whistleblowers. And uh, I tell you, one of the episodes I'm really excited about, uh, speaking of uh, mind control and Manchurian candidates, uh, Sirhan Sirhan, the... uh, well, he's widely accepted, uh, according to the official version, to have been the the man who who assassinated, murdered uh, Bobby Kennedy back in July of 1968. Well, his attorney is a gentleman by the name of William Francis Pepper, and I have been uh, in contact with uh, Mr. Pepper, who is convinced Sirhan Sirhan was not the shooter that killed Bobby Kennedy. He was there. He had a gun. In fact, he actually fired the gun. Uh, But all of those bullets were later accounted for. And William Francis Pepper is convinced that uh, Sirhan Sirhan was a Manchurian candidate. You may remember, uh, you know, the, uh, the legend of the woman in the polka dot dress. Because after Sirhan was arrested and arraigned, he mentioned... He said, you know, I'm, this woman came up to me at the, uh, was it the Hilton in Los Angeles? There's a woman in a polka dot dress. She came up to me, and after she left, I don't remember anything after that. And of course, Bobby was led through the kitchen. Sirhan Sirhan was uh, standing in front and to the left, I believe, of Bobby near the ste- steam table. And uh, one of the work- individuals working security that day was former NFLer Rosie Greer. He grabbed Sirhan 
and and uh, the, the hand that held the gun, and he slammed that hand again and again against the steam table. Six shots were fired. Uh, and then L.A. County Coroner Thomas Noguchi, in his uh, initial report, said that Bobby Kennedy was shot from behind at point-blank range, range, and none of those bullets matched the bullets from Sirhan Sirhan, and his bullets were found in... Uh, he did hit one bystander, person was not killed, but his bullets were found in the door jam and in the ceiling and in the acoustic tiles and so forth. So, we're going to, um, we hope, we're, I'm, I'm negotiating right now, but we're, we're hoping to interview William Francis Pepper and, uh, and get the latest on uh, what's going on with Sirhan Sirhan and his efforts to free his client 43 years after the fact. An innocent man languishing in prison, he says. A programmed patsy. All right. My thanks uh, to technical producer Griffin March, as always. Dan Ellison, who's out there thumbing his way across Canada. If you're listening, stay safe. Be well, Dan. We miss you. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed, and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What I say in the dark, speak in the light, and what you hear in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.